And the Oscar goes to, by a nose, Nicole Kidman. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm sweating, but I'm otherwise good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little sniffly. Will you um will you tell the audience why you're so sweaty for this podcast? I let's start from the beginning. We were supposed to record this on Thursday, and I pushed it to Sunday, and then I pushed it by a half an hour because I was out and about. So I amazing raced it. Actually, I kind of like Lisa Kudrow in the comeback got out of my car in the middle of the road and was like, I'm, I'm going to walk to my house from downtown. And I ran furiously with uh, all my bags and I'm sweating and I'm here, but I did it. I made it. I ran through traffic for you. And I don't think any of your other guests can say that. I don't think so. I also think it's kind of appropriate for the movie that we're about to talk about because mo- <laughs> most of the most of the movie is like one man yeah. like walking to get to his beloved, which yeah. in this case is me. That's no, this is our cold mountain. <laughs> so we're talking about cold mountain as you <laughs> can tell from this context. <laughs> um, why why did you choose cold mountain? I know why, but I want you to explain why. <laughs> I chose cold mountain because somebody else chose practical magic. That's <laughs> That's, and I've, I've been shook ever since that I couldn't do Practical Magic, which, if you follow... Honestly, me, though, aren't you glad you did Cold Mountain? I mean, all? after watching it, <laughs> after watching it, I'm like, there's so much to talk about, but I would all, like, I'm not going to talk about Practical Magic now, because that's not our podcast, but just know that that's been my brand for years, and someone stole it, so... <laughs> Listen, if you want, you can try and find ways to relate this movie. I will. Absolutely. I will also say that there have been there have been a small handful of people that have had like less than pleasant things to say to me about uh the handouts of this podcast, which really I just like gave episodes to the first people that wanted them that I liked. Yeah, anyway. Um yeah, Cold Mountain I think might be kind of iconic. It's certainly long enough to be considered epic. I mean yeah, it took me it took me three viewings to finish it, which makes me sound awful because I love I love cinema and that's I should be able to sit through it in one sitting and I could have but it it's a it's a process of a movie. I I'm currently at the school of thought that loving cinema means loving a 90 minute movie, so I'm right there with you. I mean, like you know what? Like I've seen Lady Bird twice, so like <laughs> I, I like when they get it done. But yeah. Yeah, I could have watched Francis Ha like two and a half times in the time it took me to watch. This oh my movie. god! Like I could have watched I, so much. It, I was talking to uh, Chris Anna, and he was like, "It's." I told him, "I'm like, I've watched it in three sittings." He's like, "It's a miniseries for you." I'm like, "It is." Cold Mountain, the miniseries. It feels kind of um, HBO miniseries esque. Let's just let's get into it. Let's let's, let's dive in. The very first note that I took is like. N- we are shown the setting of this movie, which is primarily the Civil War, although mm-hmm. it bounces back before and after. Um, but it's like through the lens of Nicole writing a letter to who we learned to be Jude Law, and mm-hmm. she refers to herself as having an awkward nature. And I just feel like that's the most appropriate summary of her, like just in life. I just think that, like, when I think about Nicole and like why I think that she's and I've said this many times, the only true, like, quote-unquote celebrity we have, I think, like, what I mean when I say that is she, like, 
is of this earth and like has kids and like you know like can interact with humans but she's still like not really a human and i mean that lovingly like oh yeah you know like watching her like on Gia like with giada eating that pizza like she doesn't really oh understand God. how to behave you know like i don't think she knows how to do like all household tasks like <laughs> no like if you like handed her a phone like she wouldn't know how to use it like that's that kind of stuff but like i consider her and like julia roberts to be in the same kind of celebrity vein where it's where you you just nailed it where you're like they're real people but they're not that's interesting because i always use julia roberts as like a counterpoint where i'm where like she was like she i mean she was as famous as could be and she's still like very much in the spotlight in a lot of ways and i think she's like obviously stunningly beautiful and was very untouchable but i think that she has like a relatable quality that nicole is like just starting to recapture in 2017 and i'm like really excited for it but i think i think julia is a step ahead julia's relatable quality is that she loves herself and (laughs) honestly say honestly same so (laughs) i that's why i love her um no but yeah nicole is nicole is as this podcast is like she's otherworldly it's there's nobody else really like her she's otherworldly i do think she is making some conscious steps to become like mm-hmm. quote-unquote relatable and i think it's really interesting like i don't think we'll ever see like, like nicole kidman's verified twitter but i do think we'll no. see like, her continue to like sing keith urban songs on facebook live which i oh my god that's that i love her but that sends a shiver down my spine <laughs> in one of the episodes and i don't know if it'll be released by this point a, uh a very special guest does a um dramatic reading of keith urban's like female song that he wrote to like no, my, oh god <laughs> amazing stop talking about it because it's my favorite thing that's happened on here oh my god that's so good uh okay so there's a letter um jude law is like a confederate soldier we learn um he's like stationed in a place where like the north is like placing explosives underneath them they have like a sneak attack or something and there's like a native american man and his like troop and like a kid that they recognize and there's like a rabbit that they're all trying to catch there's a lot going on from the jump there's a lot going on from the jump what took me back the most was um how like not really appropriate to the movie but jude law looks great guys like there's a, I think it's in the first like 30 minutes or something where he's, I don't like, I'm not trying to make this trivial, but like, he just looks really good. And I have never really been immensely attracted to Jula, but I was like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. I, I would agree. I think that any level of attractiveness that I feel for him is completely underdone by like the scenes of him at the end when he's just like, has yeah. like, all that, like yeah. <laughs> he has like, it's makeup and CGI, you can tell, but he has like, stuff to make him look gaunt and like disheveled and, and pale and it just is truly ghastly and i i think it's completely <laughs> undercuts any sort of attraction i have for him yeah yeah no i i mean i agree but i mean at the beginning it's all there <laughs> yeah at the beginning it's there even though it's like very dusty um they all go to like catch this fucking rabbit and as they do the like north sets off the explosion and i think with the explosion we see like a a fucking like daguerreotype photo of nicole kidman and then it flashes (laughs) back to three years earlier in uh north carolina where we are formally introduced to nicole as um ada monroe which is uh, certainly a name Uh, gorgeous 
Um, I was trying to think about it. She must have been like based on this timeline. I mean, she was like thirty five when this yeah. happened. And I don't know what age we're supposed to believe she is, but it's definitely not 35. You know what I mean? No. I, uh, no. But also, like, Nicole in this movie looks like she's 12. Like, just, she looks so youthful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's totally luminous. Even, like, when she yeah. becomes, like, um, farmhand Nicole. Like, she's yeah. tanner than everyone. I mean, she's very... She like, looked better. She got better looking she got as better, movie yeah. progressed. She was, like, alabaster white in the beginning of this. And then she gets this, like, beautiful... She gets this, like, beautiful glow. And it's, like, it makes sense when they're on the farm, but in the scenes at the end when they go to the snow, I'm just like, Nicole, yeah. like, where are you? She's fully orange, and it's, like, okay, this is great. I also spent a lot my- God. Sorry. No, my- okay, hold on. This has nothing to do with anything, really, but Good. my whole thing with this movie was I was watching it, and I was like, holy fuck, this cast is so, like, it's so... Too- oh, it's- it's stacked, but it's also so specific in the of the time it was made. Yes. So it's very two thousand two, two thousand three. It's very like here's Jack White, here's Natalie Portman, here's yeah, and Natalie the, Portman. Natalie Portman was supposed to be the Nicole role, and then they switched. Oh, really? Yeah, at the last minute. Oh my god! I just I have I don't have an affection for this movie or an attachment really. Obviously, this this was the first time I've watched it, but I do remember its awards season. Like, I just remember it's conver- the conversation around it and how hyped it was. And, like, it went on to be fairly successful. But it was just, like... It only won... I mean, yeah, it was nominated for everything. It only won one, and that's Renee's award, which I actually think yeah. it deserves. You, do you? Um, I do. I think she's... Okay, here's the thing. I'm probably going to get read for this because I-, I looked it up this morning, so forgive me if I can't remember all the other nominees. <laughs> but it was, like, Patricia Clarkson... Um, it was Marsha Gay Harden. Uh, it was um, Shore, like Agdashlu. I'm going to butcher her last name, but she was like in 24 and uh, uh, like yeah. Dom. And then someone else, like all very worthy candidates. Um, but for like movies that like we don't really talk about very much anymore for the most part. So like, yeah, yeah Renee is genuinely a breath of fresh air in this movie. She's like, this movie is very like heavy. And I actually think like, I think a lot of what she's doing is very silly, but I think it's also very effective for me. So fuck it. Yeah. No, it's very silly and it's very uh, like watching it now, maybe watching it then as if this was like 45 years ago, but watching it in 2003 might've been like, Oh, this is this great period drama, whatever, whatever. And now watching it now, it feels a little, it hasn't aged well for me. I think it's like a little hokey. I like, there's yeah. never a point where I'm watching it and I'm like, she's doing some great, like, quote unquote acting. But I do think that she's, like, very funny. I think she steals scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, this whole movie is the only reason this movie matters is so we can have that gif of her saying, all of this is man's bullshit. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. I think she deserves it. And honestly, like, what has she done do- in more, like, quote unquote acty than this? Renee? Yeah. I'll take Renee in Chicago over this any other day. Oh, you're right. Did I just talk Sorry. myself out of it? Okay, no, I still, I'm still happy she has it. I think it's great. Uh, like, yeah, no, for sure. But I'll take Renee in Chicago. I'll take Renee. This is this is turning into a Renee, Renee podcast. Renee in Bridget Jones, which she was nominated for. Like, I think, like she's fine in this. I just feel like it was a case of like uh, Oscar for the wrong movie making up for something else. 
kind of yeah I, I mean i'm i don't know maybe i'm just like in that like i just finished watching this movie fog but like <laughs> <laughs> i like tomorrow to- morning tomorrow morning you re-record this podcast by yourself and you're like never mind i take that all back this happens to me a lot honestly the only oh uh, the other nominee just i just remind reminded myself was holly hunter for 13 which honestly iconic performance yeah um the movie 13 should have its own podcast where <laughs> like a different guest just talks about 13. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a very long time. It, I mean, talk about a movie that like is so landlocked in the early 2000s. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think she is fun. The fun is the word. She, but also her wig, which I know... We're getting a little ahead of ourselves oh, on the podcast. Her wig is but... mostly in her face the whole movie. <laughs> Where it's in her face and Nicole's, it both gets longer and better. She has such a glow up in this movie. It's fucking nuts. Like, when we're, uh, like let's talk about it now because nobody was talking about it in 2003, but Nicole gets prettier as the movie goes on. She also is, like, the thinnest she's ever been. And then oh, I looked yeah. at like, she was on the, like, egg diet where you just eat, like, one hard-boiled egg in the morning and, like, two at night. Oh, which is same. <laughs> which is unreal. I'm going to start that tomorrow. <laughs> I hate hard-boiled eggs. I could never. Oh, I love hard. I think I talked about on this podcast in in the Stoker episode. At one point, like the old woman holds a a hard bo- like a deviled egg in Mia Wazowska's face, and I was like, I hope she dies. <laughs> I hope she dies. Um, let's oh, let me ask you a question. Sure. Let's turn to, let's turn to the tables. As this is the Nicole podcast, what is? I've, you may have mentioned this before, so maybe it's not it's not a great question. But what is your favorite Nicole movie and favorite Nicole performance? Oh, wow. Um, It is interesting because I try to, like, separate those two things as much as possible. This isn't my real answer, but, like, I love the movie Paddington. Like, I think it is the perfect movie for what it's Mm -hmm. trying to do. But it's also Mm -hmm. not my favorite Nicole performance. Um, I think my favorite performance of hers is probably... It's probably Birth, just because of, like, what she needs to do. But I also love To Die For because... Yeah. It's so different. Um, and then I think my favorite movie that she's in is probably The Hours, just because it's the one that I've seen the most. And I just like feel yeah. very, very strongly about it. That's perfect. And you? <laughs> and me? Okay. Like, I know it's, I'm like, it's a cliche, not a cliche, but it's a silly answer. And I've already talked about it at the top of the podcast. But my favorite movie is Practical Magic, which I know is not a technically good movie. I know that. I'm aware that it's both a comedy, not both. It is a comedy, it's a drama, it's an action movie. It's a family movie, it's a sisterhood movie, it's a Halloween movie. It's everything all in one. But I just think it's so fun. My favorite performance, I think, like the others? Oh, that's, I mean, it's that's a very good answer. It's undervalued, and Chris, Hannah, and I spent uh, so much time talking about it. Yeah, it was just, like, we don't talk about it, and it's maybe because it's a a horror movie, so it gets less affection than maybe something a bit more prestigious, but she's just so great in that. And whenever I rewatch it, she gets better, and also the wig gets better and more obvious. And I'm like, wow. I just want to, I want them to open a museum of all the Nicole's wigs. Oh, they're so good. I I forget who it was, but someone... 
um, in an episode. Oh, uh, this ties it all together. So Cam, <laughs> Cam and I talked about Bewitched and, uh, oh my God. which is a wig very similar to the, the other's wig. Yeah. With those two kind of like buns on the side. Yeah. It's just like looser. And he was like, is that a wig? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you can't tell. I didn't know this for the longest no, time. I mean, I it never... means that they're good. I think TJ also said no. something about um, one of her Stepford Wives wigs, and I was just like, girl. <laughs> I haven't seen, I legit, there's just some movies that I, you don't revisit, and I haven't gone back to see the Stepford Wives in, since it came out. It's probably. fine. I've had to rewatch that. I've had to rewatch Bewitched. It's been a lot. No one has to rewatch Bewitched. I, I think you watch it once. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> all right let's how did you feel about that um this is very um actresses roundtable uh i actually yeah. <laughs> it's another it's another movie where like yesterday i was so lit on it and i was like you know i love what this i think i love like what this movie wants to do the execution yeah, what is, is yeah. really bad yep. Yep. because like it's nora efron like the the frame is there it just like something yeah. gets lost i remember being i don't know how old i was when it came out i think like 14 or 15 i don't know whatever i was very excited i was like we have a witch movie we have a witch movie we have a comedy we have this weird little thing that it was going to be and then it just turned out to be not so great oh but yeah god, the frame is stand there. for nicole as a witch oh my god i love I, well i stand for anything anybody as a witch really but yeah <laughs> anyway all right let's cruise this movie because i can tell we're never going to make it which is <laughs> no. three times um all right, some stray thoughts. Let's see. Uh, Jack White. <laughs> Jack White, yeah. Donald Sutherland is Nicole's dad. Oh, my God. He, like, throws a party so we can, like, see that there's some sort of, like, there's this man that, like, wants to lay claim to their property, which is, like, a very boring subplot. Um, Jude Law is, like, standing outside in the rain, and, like, Nicole comes out to, like, she has a tray of, like, root beer, which, like, she's going to go give to, like, the, well, I think what we assume to be slaves. Um which is, like, insane. Like, no one wants root beer when it's, like, raining. <laughs> I don't even want root beer when it's not raining. Jude Law says, like, every time I see you, you're carrying a tray, which is, like, I guess, dialogue. Yeah, I... Uh, it's... I don't know. It's a strange movie. This movie's insane. But you liked it. Um, I, I get caught up in, like, things that are big and sweeping. Yeah. Like, no, and that's wrong. what I... It's gorgeous. There's this one scene where they're crossing across the mountain in the snow. And I'm like, oh, this is, it's maybe not the prettiest movie, but it has moments that it's so epic and it is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think also like last night I rewatched Atonement and I've read that book twice and I've seen the movie probably five times. And I always forget that like, I love the first third and I love the last third, but I'm like kind of bored by the like war sequences in the middle and I feel very similarly about this, which is, like, yep. I'm infinitely... Like, I would watch seven hours of Renee and Nicole, like, milking Screaming. cows and, like, yeah. tilling fields. But I don't want to watch, like, yeah. any more than I have to of Jude Law, like, fighting. Maybe when he's, like, no. with um, Eileen Atkins and, like, she kills that goat in front of him. Like, that I'm into. Yeah. So much happens in this movie. I also wrote down that I wanted to talk just a little bit about the way that Nicole Kidman says the word Mongolia. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. What did you pick it's up like from right that? Before, it's right before her dad dies. So they're like sitting outside and she's like, I'd follow you anywhere. Like even Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
she's like trying to do so much because she's like Nicole as Australian, as Southern, as saying the word yeah. Mongolia, which like doesn't lend itself to like a Southern tongue. I just, I had to pause because I was like scream laughing. The accent in this is a little like, a little, sometimes when Nicole does an accent, whichever way it goes, sometimes it goes a little British. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, yeah. She tends to skew British. She also immediately gets attacked by a rooster after this, which I love. Oh my god, that was my favorite scene. And then, we can jump around, but do you want to talk about what happens to that rooster later in the movie? Oh, uh, you can talk about that. Oh, I mean, Renee Rene shows up, like, in a... Like, Renee is a tornado in the scene, and she, like, busts <laughs> in. And she, like is telling Nicole what's what and she's going to work for her, but she won't be a servant and like they'll work side by side. And then Nicole's like, fuck that rooster. Like he's been really rude to me. And she walks over and she like tames him and we're like, Oh, okay. This is like when Jude law, like got that dove out of the church, but then she just rips its head off and is like, get a pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, she like throws it. It was like, it was, it's the strangest movie. That was amazing though. One of the things that made me laugh the hardest, this is like a joke that I wrote for myself that just made me laugh. It's like, <laughs> Renee gives Nicole new rules. Did you notice? No. She writes the new rules for Nicole. She's like, one, <laughs> we're going to build a fence. Two, we're going to fix the roof. <laughs> I need someone to make a remix for that for Twitter. She literally, like, there's that scene where they're walking around the farm and she is listing things. And at one point, she's like, number 16. Like, we have a winter garden. <laughs> like, she gets. Oh my God. <laughs> so many but i was trying to fit it into a structure and i was just like i was just rolling around in my bed laughing <laughs> um can we talk a little about uh sally and her husband because i think that the what like kathy baker does in this movie i think is completely undervalued but she's like the neighbor that like is helping nicole when nicole's like left by her lonesome yeah she was great um there's that weird scene where like like they like let Nicole like bend over backwards in her their well so she can like see her future that I just was like what the fuck is this movie that just came screaming back to me I forgot that happened because I watched it in three viewings but that it like became the ring for a little bit there and I was like okay great perfect it's insane like they're virtually strangers at this point but Nicole lets them like lower Mm -hmm. her down into this well so she can like hold a mirror up which is some crazy like conjuring shit but yeah, <laughs> this is my thing about Nicole, is that regardless of regardless of what's happening, she is committed. So she's being put into that well, and I'm like, yeah, I believe this. This is perfect. This is, like, she's selling me on it. Like, it's ridiculous, and it's a little maybe, like, unintentionally funny, but it's like, I don't know, she, sell- she sold me. Yeah, she certainly doubles down on, on everything, like, for better or for worse, um... God, I don't even know what to say about this movie. So at this point, like, <laughs> at this point, Nicole's dad is dead. Nicole, like, doesn't know how to do anything. Um, she's, like, freed all of the slaves and, like, workers on the property. She, like, refuses help. So this, like, Sally woman um, is, you know, like, throwing her bone. And, and she, like, calls in the services of Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, like, has, like, a father who is, like, a, a ne'er-do-well. Mm-hmm. So she shows up and she's going to live with Nicole. Um, at one point, like, Nicole is, like, so disheveled that she goes to, like, the town store and, like, a woman feels so bad for her that she's, like, here's this pork, like, eat, <laughs> eat it, you thin woman. Disheveled, but still looks amazing. Yeah, still looks amazing. 
Um, meanwhile, like, she's starving. Jude Law is, like, eating crabs, which is, like, the uh-huh. thing that I hated the most in this movie. He, like, scoops up, like, a bunch of, like, sand crabs and just shoves them in his mouth. And I just was so <laughs> unhappy about it. It's a... No, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just recalling this movie, and the more we're talking about it, the less I feel I enjoyed it. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I think I liked it. Um, we also get an iconic rest in peace cameo here in the form of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Why are you laughing? Oh my god, yeah. I'm not laughing, sorry. It's the way you framed it. I'm sorry, I was being reverent. Yeah, do you want to talk about, <laughs> do you want to talk about his entree into the film? Oh my god, it was... I was put back just because I, again, it speaks to, like, the cast of this movie. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how many people were in this. But he's not in it that long. No, he's not. We, like, come upon him as he's, like, about to throw this, like, drugged, yeah, uh, like, servant mistress into, like, a lake or something. And Jude Law, like, talks him out of it. And they just, like, put her back and hope she doesn't say anything about it. But he's, like, impregnated. Yeah like a house servant and since he's the minister he's like worried that his constituents are going to turn on him jude law like ties him to a post and like writes um like a note explaining his deeds i think and like leaves him for for rot <laughs> <laughs> for rot it didn't look like him at first and i was like oh my god no there were several there were several cameos in this movie that i had to do a double take like the the like guy with the ice blonde hair at the end is charlie hunnam and i was like what oh my god oh um who else is in this that threw me back hold on one second was it cillian murphy at the end because that also oh that i screamed that i screamed (laughs) was it jenna malone as the like woman who owns the like fairy jenna malone giovanni rubisi um and oh oh maybe he's not in this and i thought it was somebody else wait who tell me i'll tell you if he was in it Oh my god, so, uh, Brad, uh, uh, Pitt. What's his name? Are you trying to say Brad Pitt? <laughs> no, not Brad. No, not Brad Pitt. The other Pitt. Michael Pitt. Yeah. I don't think he's in this. I do love Michael Pitt. Oh my god, legit thought he was in this, and I'm like, oh. Oh no, I think you're thinking about the guy. Are you talking about the guy who's like with Renee Zellweger's dad? With the hat. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy. No, he was in like um. Oh, shit. The only thing I can think of that he was in is that Walk of Shame movie with Elizabeth Banks. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the first and last time I think that movie will be referenced on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's so embarrassing. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this Taron Manning in this movie, Emily Deschanel. Yeah, Taron Manning and um, Melora Walters from Big Love fame is there. Yeah. It's like the woman who, like, is like a honey trap for um, Jude mm-hmm. Law so that, like, the North Guard or whatever can come and, like, get him. Natalie Portman in this movie is my favorite thing because it's post Attack of the Clones. <laughs> and it's, it's just like, first of all, she looks exactly the same as she does now. She hasn't aged one day. It's just like, it's just her performance is also a little weird. The, the accent's all over the place. Um, the accent really falls apart when she's yelling and she's like, if you take that hog, I'm as good as dead. If you take that hog, I'm as good as dead. <laughs> I was like, okay, Natalie, we're stretching here. We're stretching. She also makes Jude Law sleep on, like, an actual pile of corn. 
Yeah. Which is so I mean, rude. Get it. It's fine. I just, this cast is just, it's so timely. It's so 2003. It's so funny. It's just meshing them all together and seeing where they would be. Like putting these people together now would, I would love to see that experiment. Um, they did because Jenna Malone and Philip Seymour Hoffman oh, yeah. and Donald Sutherland were in a little movie oh my God, like yeah. called The Hunger Games. I know. Those movies came and went. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, one time someone, <laughs> one time I had finished reading the third book and like a week later I forgot and someone explained the plot back to me and I was like, oh, that sounds good. Like I would have liked to have read that. <laughs> Mockingjay part two took so much of my time. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that here. No, we don't. Um, so Jude Law is like roaming. As I mentioned, he teams up with Philip Seymour Hoffman who eventually gets shot and then like Jude Law has to drag, like, his body and, like, ten other bodies because they're all chained together, which is just... Down the river. It's just so unbelievable. Yeah. Um, he eventually, like, stumbles upon Eileen Atkins, um, who, like, just lives in the woods and, like, is just loves having a goat. <laughs> like, she gives a big speech about how, how having a goat is the best thing for you because it, like, can be your friend and, like, give you milk and cheese, and then she just promptly kills it. I love that this movie sounds funnier as funnier than it actually is describing it oh yeah i definitely would not say this movie is quote-unquote funny with the exception of renee no. Zellweger. no it's not funny but it's like unintentionally so at one point at one point renee Zellweger is like walking with i'm only gonna refer to her by full name um is walking with nicole <laughs> and she's talking about like the, she's talking about the property which is called black co farm and she's like she says like they should call this place black co farm catastrophe and i know how to spell it (laughs) and i was like what is this movie like it's just i don't know if she knows what movie she's in or what she knows what movie she should be in that's my thing honestly it doesn't it matters not to me (laughs) um there's like a horrifying scene where so like at this point we know that like deserters and, like, people that are housing deserters, Jude Law is an example, will be, like, mm-hmm. shot and killed. And the very nice Sally and her husband have been, like, secretly housing their, like, very young boys who have been sent off to war. And then, like, I don't think it's Jack White, but it's, like, um, Charlie Hunnam and, like, his group come. Yeah. And they, like, stab the husband. But then they do this horrible thing where they put, like, Sally's hands in the fence and then they just, like, yeah. jump up and down on the fence and, like, crush it. It was a lot to watch. But, like, they also do something to her because she can't speak for the rest of the movie. Like, do they actually, like, fuck with her, like, voice? Or is she just, like, petrified, like, in the others? She was so shook that she just, she gave up. Okay. I mean, we know that to be a thing in the Nicole Kidman universe because it happens to that yeah. young girl in the others. But I guess that happens. <laughs> And then Sally, there are rules that exist in the Nicole, yeah. Nicole universe that don't exist elsewhere. Yeah, and then she just, like, slowly becomes part of their family because, like, at the very end, not to skip around, but, like, when they have, like, their yeah. Easter dinner, she's, like, there, and she's, like, babysitting. I don't know what I have to say about this after that. Um, I don't have a lot to say from this movie. <laughs> what do you think about... So, like, let me, let me set the scene for you. So, okay. like... Renee's like shit dad comes and he's there with that guy that you thought was Michael Pitt and Michael Pitt lookalike can like sing a couple of songs and they like want to stay in the house and she's like no we can't because like you guys both left from the army so like go up in the woods and then like they think they're dying so like Nicole and Renee like run up the the cold the titular cold mountain yeah and they um 
go to save them and we are eventually presented with a scene in which Nicole and Jude Law are reunited and I just want your thoughts and a play-by-play. Oh my god. Uh, It was fine. I I don't have a lot of thoughts on that scene. What did you think of it? I mean, for a movie that like had me decently engaged and I was like kind of rooting for them, I felt mostly nothing when they like finally came back. (laughs) There was, it was like this big push to it and it was like okay that was nice thank you for that but it wasn't very affecting well it's like again i'm more i'm way more interested in like nicole and renee playing house yeah. uh, also side note yeah. are we explicitly supposed to believe that renee is like crushing on nicole or is that just me wanting every movie to be gay i think that might be you but i think i also took a little bit from that there's just like that scene where nicole is playing the piano and renee is like watching her from yeah. the stairwell <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's me on any day she also like i mean she hates jude law like she explicitly hates the jude law yeah. character i don't know i didn't that's actually kind of funny that you pointed that out now and i was like yeah that actually makes sense i i just like i don't think it was intentional but i don't know and i'll never read this book so like i can't tell you if it's written how long i feel like this book is probably longer than the movie honestly but like the book is just like a short story like a parable <laughs> It was a poem, and then they're like, you know what, two and a half hour drama, let's go. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, like, at the end, we see that she, is she married to the Jack White character at the end? Uh, I think so. He just looks is that what I took from a that? different hairstyle, and then they have, yeah. <laughs> they have, like, at least one kid, um, but in my version of this story, she is, like, deeply unsettled by it, and she, she yeah. pines. What else is in this fucking movie? Oh, we see, we see an, a nude <laughs> Nicole for not the first time and not the last time, but... Never. Never. She looks great. We see the side butt of Jude Law. Yeah. Um, Which I was more attracted to his ab shot at the beginning. That's fair. I yeah. I don't know why, but, like, going into this, I, like, was like, oh, Nicole's an actress that doesn't do nudity. But it's like, I'm constantly proving myself wrong. Like, she's actually an actress that constantly does nudity. What has she been... I'm trying to recall which one she's been nude in. Um, well, she was just, like, nude and looked amazing in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I thought you were going to say Big Little Lies. Was she in that? I'm th- pretty sure she was nude in Big Little Lies. There's the shower scene. Oh, I watched most of Big Little Lies, like... What? Just, like, with one eye open. Like, I just, like, was, like, oh. looking at my phone. <laughs> oh, my God. It's sad. I'm sorry. Um, but she's... <laughs> No, I liked it, but it's like, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, it's not Michael Clayton. It doesn't have like, <laughs> it doesn't have like a <laughs> most complex plot. No. Um, um, I need to see The Killing of the Sacred Deer. It's, I mean, it's, it's the comedy of the year. I, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. I'm excited to see it. Um, what else, what else was she new to? I'm trying to remember. I'm like literally looking at a list of her movies and for the life of me, I can't. Yeah. But there have been multiple times already. It doesn't matter. I mean, she's like nude from behind in birth because there's that bathtub scene. Um, I think she, I think we get some boob in Dead Calm because there's that awkward, like, like semi-consensual sex scene with Billy Zane. She's definitely not nude in Paddington. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know maybe stoker i, I don't know They're... all right well i guess in conclusion how do we feel about jude law dying i love that it. <laughs> yeah. it's great thanks for coming and going
Every piece of this is truly man's bullshit, and I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, though, like, where would you rank this in your Nicole spectrum of things? Like, Nicole's entire catalog. Oh, I mean, that's really what I ask you to do in about a minute from now. But if I had to say personally, I think it's, um, I think it's at the bottom of, I think it straddles the, like, if there are three tiers, there's, like, prestige Nicole, and then there's, like, the things that we love her for, and, like, up there is, like, you know, the hours and, like, Moulin Rouge, and there's, like, a middle tier, perhaps, which is, like, a lot of those things that she did in the 2000s, primarily, and maybe some of her breakout stuff, so you have, like, you know, your, like, interpreter, and you have, like, the invasion, and, like, those kind of, like, big budget movies that she did that, like, nobody really talks about. And the bottom ter- third is probably, like, her Australian movies and, and, like, some, you know, garbage that she did. I think this straddles those top two tiers. I think this is the bridge between the prestige tier and the kind of, like, 2000s. Like, this is a hugely expensive movie for Miramax, and so I think this is, like, the perfect example of that. I mean, the movie did kind of well at the box office. Like, it wasn't a box office baby movie, of course, but... Yeah, I just, like, literally no one's talking about this movie except for you and I, and that's because, like, I forced you to, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's been my pleasure to forcibly talk about this movie. Do you feel, um, do you feel ready and willing to rank this movie? Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna give you some categories. They're one through five, five being the highest, um, and these can be about Nicole or they can be about the movie at large. Uh, and you are hopefully vying for a high score so you can win the coveted Golden Compass Award. Oh my god. I know, see what I did? Uh, so, <laughs> your your first category, and we've talked about this a little bit so far, um, is going to be wigs, one through five in the movie. One through five. Uh, five being the highest, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rate this, like, not my favorite movie, but maybe one of my favorite wigs, so four out of five. Great. Yeah, I think that's uh, completely correct. I think Renee's wig makes me very happy. I think Nicole gets several generous wigs. Uh, yeah, no, four out of five. It's a gorgeous wig. It gets longer. It's luminous. It's great. I love it. I can't, I mean, I cannot talk enough about like how the more dire the circumstances get for Nicole, like the better she looks. I literally went to go <laughs> back to watch something and I was like, she, this is like near the end of the movie and she looks amazing. But anyway, yeah. And I didn't know um, Satan until you pointed it out. But yeah, she's like orange. <laughs> oh, Fully orange. I mean, she's, <laughs> she is so tan. And it's like made worse by the fact that she's just surrounded by a snowy backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you feel? How do you feel about the accents in this movie? We talked about it a little bit. I don't... Um, they're both amazing and not my favorite. So, <laughs> like, a, like a one and a five. Um, I think Nicole's is somewhere, like, in the middle. It's not It's not her best. It's not my favorite. Renee, on the other hand, 17 out of five. It's incredible. <laughs> do you want to... Do you want to give it a three, then? Yeah, I'll give it a three out of five for Renee. Okay. All right, this one um, bears a little bit of explaining, so hang with me. But okay. this is uh, this is the Naomi Watts scale. Okay. <laughs> so a higher score on this particular scale would suggest a higher level of connectivity with Naomi Watts to this movie, and I'll let you, the guest, kind of decide what that means in the context of Cold Mountain. Okay. 
Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this question. <laughs> um, the Naomi Watts. I feel that when Nicole and Naomi get together the three times a year they do, when Nicole answers her text, they <laughs> never talk about this movie. There's no connection to it at all. You don't think she went out for like the Renee part? Oh no, anything? I hundred uh, percent think she probably did and probably wanted it. But oh my god, that's so funny. No, I feel what like do you, maybe what do you Nicole, think Naomi, Naomi talks about it. Okay, what are the, just out of curiosity? You mentioned they get together three times a year. What do you think those? <laughs> what do you think that those events are? Do you think they're like calendar holidays, or do you think they're just arbitrary? I think, I think Naomi Watts has a friendship with Nicole Kimmon that the way Kelly Rowland has a friendship with Beyonce. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily agree, but I do know what you mean. <laughs> How close do you think they are? I think they're, cl- I think they're closer than that. I think they have a very long history and I think they've had some ups and downs, but I think now they are both of an age where they're not really competing for the same no. things. And they both have like their own respective levels of talent. Um, I don't know. Maybe they get together for like Sunday's birthday. I was legit no. going to say the exact same thing. They get together for Sunday's birthday. They maybe Nicole's birthday, <laughs> but never um, Naomi's. <laughs> never Naomi's. No. Do you think that this is like? So it's not like a. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But is this like a two? This is like a two. Okay. This is a, a question about approachability. So if you saw. Ada Monroe at any point in this movie like walking down the street or at like a small dinner party how likely do you think you would be to talk to her uh like a uh, like a two you seemed exhausted by the thought of that yeah great (laughs) (laughs) listen say no more um Okay, on a scale of one through five, five being the highest, how suppressive do you think the Church of Scientology thinks this movie is? <laughs> can you ask that question again? I caught the second half, and I know what it means, but could you just ask it again? Yeah, on a scale of one through five, how suppressive do you think the Church of Scientology oh thinks this movie is? Like a, like a five. You think it's a five? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... Mm, well, maybe not a five, maybe like a three. Just to, I'm <laughs> trying to think. Jump. I'm trying to think about this. What do you think? Does it help you? Does it help you or hurt your cause if I tell you that separately Nicole and Tom were both optioned for this movie and they both um, initially said yes and then Tom Cruise backed out? Backed out of what being in the movie? That yes. Oh, was he supposed to play Jules part? Uh, I can only assume. I mean, I yeah. can't imagine he, who else is he gonna play. Yeah. No, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cillian Murphy. Um, yeah, oh, that's true. What do you think? Um, I am merely here to be the, I know you the are. holy vessel, the vessel of this. I'm merely a conduit for this rating scale. Um, I don't think this is particularly suppressive other than just like the general suppressiveness of Nicole Kidman being in a movie at all. Yeah, no, there's that. Um, I think we should get... Like, I actually don't... Like, I don't think that any of these movies are a one because I think, like, you're at least a two if Nicole is in your movie. Yeah. Okay, so let's go with three. Okay. Um, And then this is kind of an overall score uh, level of iconicness as it pertains to Nicole's career. Uh, Another way to look at this question... (laughs) Another way to look at this question might be, like, does my mom think about Cold Mountain when she thinks about Nicole Kidman? 
my mom watches one movie a year, so I don't think my mom. Wait, what is it? I, like enough with Jennifer Lopez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to segue? We have done that. <laughs> I was going to say, did you want to segue into that? Um, iconicness, like I don't know, like I I think of the movie often based just like title alone again like the awards contention but like overall like i do say come back to me come back to cold mountain every once in a while yeah well to who Uh, anyone that is listening (laughs) i just like (laughs) i just like think about it like if anyone's like if someone in passing walked by me and like had said the words come back or if it was like in something like that is what i think of like i don't think of like um kate winslet and titanic being like come back no come back I think you know, with her like whistle, yeah. I think about like come back to me, come back to Cold Mountain. That's because you're a true stan. We stan. We stan. We've we have decided to stand. I think like for me, it's not the most iconic, so maybe like a two and a half. Um, I'm gonna give you a two because I don't do half stars on this podcast. There are these rules. Do a leap over here. <laughs> we had two sets of new rules. We had this <laughs> that I just made up right now, and then we had Renee's. We had Renee's new rules. <laughs> She literally was like, one, we're going to yeah. milk this two, we're going to milk this I expect, three. When we're done this podcast, you've put together a full video edit for Twitter for mixing together Dua Lipa and the scene from the movie. I can't imagine I have a very, like, active online community yet because nobody's volunteered to make, like, a Wikipedia page for this or, <laughs> or like, do transcripts of the episodes. But if someone's out there and wants to make that for me, I would, I mean, I would be so delighted. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. That gives you um, that gives you a sixteen out of thirty, which I gotta tell you That's is not great. not great. Not great. It's not the worst though. No, who's the worst? I'm not here to point fingers out. Oh well, we'll get we'll get there. Okay, I'll tell you awful. All right, the Tom Cable. <laughs> I mean, it's literally in all it's literally in all of the episodes. I say <laughs> all the scores, so like anyone can know. I just don't know what's gonna air at this point. Okay, perfect. Um. Okay. Great. Do you? Uh, before we play our last game, do you have any parting thoughts on the movie? Because we're going to do a hard segue. Not my favorite movie. This was my first time watching it. I n- probably won't revisit it. <laughs> um, I can talk about the wig some more, but that's about it. I mean, how special of a journey, though, if this is going to be the only one and only time you watch this movie, that you have an hour of you like on the record talking about it? I think this is has bonded you and I for life, so... I mean, I'll never talk to you again after that. <laughs> I've lit- I literally just blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I have one last game for you, and I don't actually think that you know that this is coming, which is great because most oh people um, have been disclosed on this. But we talked a little bit about Big Little Lies earlier and how I kind of watched it with one eye. And uh, people have asked you know, to talk about it in an episode, and I just don't really think it's right for this podcast. Um, but what I will ask you to do is to explain to the audience the plot of the entire series uh, in 60 seconds. Oh my god. So I'll put that time on, and um, whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started. The plot of Big Little Lies. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Big Little Lies is about a group of women who, though they have differences, and not all of them are friends, come together through a series of several episodes of banding together to take down a man so i may have just spoiled this for people who have never seen it um reese is like 
a Regina George type character. Nicole has an abusive husband. Shailene Woodley plays Shailene Woodley with some bad hair. Laura Dern has an eye patch. Zoe Kravitz dance is amazing. It's a really great series that clearly I kept not talking. <laughs> I'm not justifying doing it justice. I'm losing words. I'm sweating. Um, I think I did it. I think that I both explained it and didn't ex- explain it at all. Um, I feel pretty good about that. You didn't go over 60 seconds, which means that I didn't get to use my one sound effect, which is a buzzer. <laughs> Uh, I'm so sorry. Fine. You did do a couple of things that I really liked. One was um, any sort of like Shailene Woodley hatred on this podcast <laughs> is, is both appreciated and encouraged. And you also You're mentioned welcome. you also mentioned the eye patch, which I think out of like the 15 or so of these that I've done so far, I think you're the only person to mention the eye patch. So good job. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, okay. Um, I feel good. Uh, do you feel good? <laughs> I feel great. Great. Um, before we close this out, Jordan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jordan Apps. Um, I highly suggest you follow. And there I am. <laughs> great. Um, you can find the <laughs> podcast on Twitter as well at The Kid Manifesto. Um, you can find me directly at Mr. Sam Herbst. Uh, and I think that's it. You should like and subscribe on iTunes and leave reviews because apparently that does something. Um, you can also find us on Google Play. I think that's it. Jordan, thank you. Sam, thank you. This was great. Is there um, something from the movie that you want me to play us out to? Otherwise, I'm just going to choose the Jack White song. I want the, the Renee saying, you ain't never going to get cold mountain. Okay. <laughs> Damn, I feel like that's going to be hard to find. But if yeah. I can find it, um, enjoy that clip coming up right now. If I can't find it, enjoy that Jack White song. Jordan, thank you. Bye. Thank you. We got our own story. It's called Black Cove Farm. Catastrophe. I can spell it too. Learned it the same place you did in the schoolhouse. One of the first words they taught me. You are H-C-A-T-A-S-T-R-O-P-H-E. Number one, lay out a winter garden for cool season crops. Turnips right there, onions, cabbage, collards. Number two, patch of shingles on the barn roof. Hey, we got a mall and fro? Mall? Mall, M-A-U-L. Don't pick up the phone You know he's only calling Cause he's drunk and alone Two Don't let him in You have to kick him out again